Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Podcasting the ins and outs of digital video. Digital, digital video. video. This, this is the DV Show. <laughs> the DV Show. All right, welcome to this live edition of the DV Show podcast. You know, we used to record our podcast live just like this. We used to have people come in and chat with us, and you could do the same at thedvshow.com. Just go to our website, forward slash live, and you can chat with us in the chat room. We used to do this every Sunday from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and we're back testing this out. By the way, my name is Brian, and I'm in Ontario Canada, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada to be exact. I'm in a little room. I know this is nothing fancy. This is our first show, but it will get fancy along the way, trust me. But I wanted to get a live program out to you today to test what's going on and to hopefully make this uh, live show go smooth. Now, what we do here on the dvshow.com is that we answer your questions related to digital video. We have a lot of fun. Visit us on the web to ask us your question at the dvshow.com forward slash ask. Now, we've been around for quite some time. We're not uh, brand new to this. Trust me. We've been around since March of 2005, answering your questions related to digital video. We're recording this podcast live right now, the video version. So if you want to come in and take a look, go to thedvshow.com forward slash live. I'm going to promote that one more time. There it is forward slash live. That's where we have a chat room. You can come on and ask your question. Otherwise, uh, you're just watching us on the web, on YouTube, on uh, Twitter, on Periscope, on Ustream. We're broadcasting simultaneously, and we want to know if this works. So when we made a promise way, way back, I mean, we did a lot of stuff on the DV show. We started again in 2005, went up until about 2012, produced 800-plus audio and video podcasts, including the Elite Videographer course, production webinars, the Lawn Video Podcast, Underwater Videographer Podcast, The Producers Huddle. I mean, we did it all. We helped tons of media professionals, had fun in the process, and met tons of great people on and offline. It was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, all of that great content is lost. Amazon's AWS servers ate our stuff. And I've got to be honest, our web content get a little rusty over the years for lack of attention, but we still remain the trusted source for answers to listener questions on the dvshow.com while trying to get out of that thick quick stand. But now we're back. We're going to answer your questions. We're hopping right back on the horse, and we want to bring you even better content. So we're recording live. You're watching me do the podcast in an MP3 format. We're going to put it up audio and video at the same time. Now, we made a promise to premium subscribers. We had dozens of them. We had so many of you. And thanks for hanging on. Thanks for visiting our website ever so often. We said lifetime membership is a lifetime membership. And we meant it. So if you're watching this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast, watching the vidcast version of it, 
we want you back. And I'm personally inviting you back to hop on board with us. Now, you're still in our database as inactive, but want to make you active again to benefit from the services that we offered you. So we're not going to charge you a dime for reinstating you or additional subscription fees. Just send us your details in, uh, on our website. Uh, go to the tips section, and you'll see a form there where you can fill out and uh, get yourself reactivated, which will be a lot of fun forever. A username will be sent to you for immediate access to premium content with no strings attached. Now, what we did best here on the DV Show is answer listener questions related to digital video. And we've got some questions because we've been alive for quite some time, like three weeks, four weeks now. We've been uh, answering questions. We've got a boatload of them. And we picked three of them just for this show. And hopefully uh, we're going to be running in on time. And again, this is a test. Now, I don't want, I want you to participate. Go to the dvshow.com forward slash live. Come on in the chat room and chat with us and ask your question. I know we're just doing the first show and we're not going to expect a lot of you, but it's there. Otherwise, you're just watching us either on Twitter, on Periscope, on Ustream, on whatever you're doing. Uh, you're not really participating. You're just watching. So we appreciate that anyway. But anyway, we take listener questions. Uh, and I actually, we have one coming from email right now. Steve asks, I am a newbie event shooter and was offered some work shooting weddings. What are the essential accessories for shooting a wedding? What are the top five accessories in your kit? Great question, Steve. Basically, you need a lot of equipment to be a wedding videographer. At least uh, when I started out, I had tons of equipment. And assuming that, uh, you know, you have a camera, uh, a tripod is, is some things that you actually need and batteries, memory cards, extra memory cards. And what I used to carry around way, way back was a, uh, a giant pouch that I used to clip to my belt. Now, in the beginning of this, I said that we needed a lot of equipment. I needed a lot of equipment when I did wedding videos way, way back. And uh, there was a lot of stuff to lug around. But today, I see wedding videographers, and they are so compact. They are so mobile. So what I used to have, and what's not different for today, is that a giant pouch that you clip to your belt. You use this case, you put your lenses in there, you, ca- you carry smaller lenses, batteries, ND filters, lens caps, memory cards, spare sh- shotgun microphones. I mean, that's what you need to do and carry that. So uh, an ND filter is also something, an absolute essential. Now, while I'm talking through this, I'm going to show a video on uh, live, and we're going to show Ethan Britt's video. Now, this guy is a wedding videographer, pretty compact. He uses a DSLR camera. So we're going to actually run a video. Video production just got easier. The DB Show. Of his gear. Off, I use and a uh, Canon he has some really cool stuff that he has that he talks about. So uh, ND filters, spare XLR cables, external recorders are really, really nice. Because what you want to do is when you go out there, you don't want to get bad audio. Bad audio is for a wedding is like the death of you. It's pretty much that's how it goes. So you also want to carry around some XLR cables. Um, audio, uh, you know, for your camera, you want to carry around uh, connectors. An external recorder is important, just like I mentioned. You want to do that. A slider is also important. Now, see his microphone here? Uh, that's very important to put on the uh, bride and groom to pick up those vows because, again, that would be the death of you if you don't do that. 
You want to pick that up. I mean, if anything, you want to pick that up. A lens, he talks about having a lens here. Uh, I think that's a telephoto lens or, or a closer lens that he uses. You know, you want, don't want to be right up in their face when they're uh, doing the vows up on wherever they are, on the church, on a beach, whatever. You don't want to be up in their face. So you want to have lenses that kind of accommodate, um, you know, uh, being far away. And you don't want to be up in their face again. I mentioned a slider. Now, I know it's a pain in the neck to lug around and set up, but the little extra motion adds to your shots, and it really, really makes a difference. Also, a shoulder mount kit. Uh, he's still going into lenses here on the video, but uh, I'm into shoulder mounts at this point. Oh, here's the pouch that he talks about. Uh, it's an f-stop pouch. Really, really important thing to have. You want to be, you want to have everything at your fingertips, right? And you want to be there. So, uh, shoulder mount kit is really important. You know, during those dances, a tripod is really going to seriously limitate, uh, limit you. And uh, stabilization is really important during a wedding. Gafford's tape, have that around. You know, he has a screwdriver and a Phillips head screwdriver, which is really important uh, as part of his gear. Uh, You know, he has a little book where he sets up the church. Uh, He's talking about it right there in the video. LED lights, you know, set it up on your camera. Don't, you know, post these things up. I know I used to, what I used to do is I used to have four uh, lights in the corners of the dance floor, and I used to have a little button that turned them on when I shot video. You don't have to do that. Uh, since you're just starting out, you don't have to be so advanced. You want to go in there simple. Of course, your tripod is really, really important. Uh, I know some of these things have, uh, guys have monopods, and they're great for wedding reception shots where you have to move fast and you have to go around people and obstacles and you have to grab that candid shot. So, this tripod that uh, Brett is showing here, actually, Ethan is showing there is a pretty good uh, tripod, but it's kind of heavy. You want a nice light aluminum. And here he shows um, an an aluminum tripod that he's using, a monopod that's really, really good. And again, these are great for when you want to move around fast and you want some stability. People are all over the place. You want to do a candid shot and you want to go on to the next one. That's perfect. There's his little stabilization. You see, he's very, um, Ethan is very, very, very portable and uh, just kind of works out that way that he can come up. And, um, you know, he also has a hard drive where he stores his stuff. That's important. You want to have a lot of space on your, um, on your system. You want to have a lot of hard drive space because <laughs> you're going to be shooting a lot of video, especially if it's uh, all day long. There's a bag that he has that he carries all of his stuff in. I mean, amazing. Again, we're going to put this video on our website at thedvshow.com, and uh, we'll show it there on our website so you can take a look at it, and we'll give you more tips and tricks. And if you're watching, uh, you know, put, put what's in your bag in the comments section on our website. Put what you have in your wedding bag. We want to know. Okay, we have another question, I guess, uh, coming from email. Dave asks, what is the best way to capture time-lapse video? With stills or video sped up? Nice question, Dave. I really like that one. I like, ooh, we're getting all sorts of questions coming up on the video. (laughs) And again, we're doing this for the first time, and I'm just getting used to this thing. Now, David, time-lapse is a lot of fun. I personally like doing time-lapse videos, and uh, you see some really beautiful ones on the web constantly, constantly. And there are some uh, advantages and disadvantages to actually shooting stills and uh, shooting video. I know that uh, you can get away with just holding your camera in one spot and leaving the camera there 
and basically, um, uh, you know, going back into editing and speeding it up and it looks like time lapse. That's not the real deal. I mean, we want it to be beautiful, you know, similar to this. And if you're watching us again at thedvshow.com, take a look at the time lapse there. Now, there are advantages and disadvantages to both methods, whether you want to go still or video. So be aware of some issues that can save you a lot of headaches down the road. Now, today, the majority of time-lapse enthusiasts probably use digital single-lens reflex cameras, otherwise known as a DSLR. So let's break this down a little bit. I know when I do stills, there are pros, okay? There are pros to using stills, the ability to capture resolution far above the output, okay? So if you're using a 10-megapixel camera and you're looking for a 1080, you have lots of resolution to spare, pictures are going to look perfect. You can also capture raw images. The same holds true in time-lapse as in traditional digital photography. You can adjust all the settings on your camera, on your still camera, which is uh, very good because it gives you creative control. Exposure, aperture, ISO, white balance, you have control. Some video cameras just don't do that. You have ability to see every shot displayed in the LCD, and you have a resolution much higher than your final video output resolution. So you can add pan and zoom effects if you want when you edit it in post-production and not lose any video uh, resolution. So uh, some stills for shooting uh, stills, some cons for shooting stills rather. Speed. Many times you cannot get under two to three seconds per shot on a DSLR shooting. So you can actually shift the JPEG for getting better speed. But again, you're not going to get under two to three seconds per shot, which is a con for shooting stills. Time drain. That's another one. Shooting raw can mean some serious time and computer resources in the post process. JPEG can speed things up. But if you want ultimate quality, remember to budget the time, memory, and CPU. So that's one of the cons. And if you're watching this live right now, you're going to see some time-lapse video that is just absolutely amazing. I think it's Norway. So, um, you know, as far as video goes, video pros, easy. It's super easy to shoot uh, time-lapse using a video camera. Not much to consider. Make sure you get those settings locked to taste, power to last, press the record button, and you just sit back and relax and let the camera do the work tape is in the past you now have uh, recording ability directly to chip or to a drive so it's easy to transfer directly into your timeline as opposed to still video uh, still uh, images which has a lot of uh, which is our huge files it's fast as well if you want to shoot the video route drop that file into the timeline speed it up and instant instant time lapse Now, there are some cons to shooting video. You don't really have much flexibility, as we talked about earlier in the stills world. Once it's recorded, you can't do it that much in post. So you have high-res stills, pan and scan. You can do the Ken Burns effect. With video, it's really not that great. I mean, you shoot, color correct, and live with it. As far as video cons, shooting time-lapse, the duration, you can fill that memory, and you're done. Some cams will simply stop recording after such and such amount of time, and that would be it. And another con of shooting video as far as time-lapse goes is power consumption. In general, a running video capture will consume more power than stills. So there you go. That answers that question. All right, we're here on the DV Show, and we're absolutely live. Thanks for joining us. 
I would like you to go to our website at thedvshow.com forward slash live. We have a chat room there. Otherwise, if you're watching on Twitter, Periscope, or YouTube, you're not able to participate and watch. And I'm wondering what's going on there. So <laughs> we want you to come in and participate. So go to thedvshow.com forward slash live and ask your question. Or if you're shy and don't want to come in where a lot of people are, go to thedvshow.com forward slash ask and just ask your question. I'm going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Video production just got easier. The DV Show. Welcome back to this edition of the DV Show Podcast. My name is Brian, and we're doing a live show for the very first time in, what, five years? You know, we've been on the air since, uh, we've been doing podcasts, rather, since 2005. Ended our last podcast in 2012 and just kind of uh, had our website do the rest of the work. But now we're back, and we want to produce content for you, the listener and premium subscriber. And if you didn't catch it at the top of the show... What we want to do for you is to reinstate you. We want you back. We want you to come back to the DV show and uh, enjoy our content. We enjoy being with you online. We went to many events, too, throughout the years. Video Maker in New York. We went to New Jersey. We went to Texas. We've done a lot of stuff and met many of you, and we want that relationship back. We really do. <laughs> we want to come back, and uh, we want to come back. We are coming back, and we want you to come back. So again, this is our first time uh, going live again. We're doing video and audio, so you'll check it out on iTunes. And if you're still into podcasting, you can uh, download us, uh, check us out at iTunes. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. One of the things uh, that we like to do here on the DV show is uh, a new segment that I actually want to do is uh, something that I'm going to call equipment porn because I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and um, what I see happening is a lot of guys, uh, they put this uh, interesting, they put interesting uh, pictures up on Instagram and Facebook. And some of these cameras look like really, really sexy. And I think they're cool. So I think what we should do here on the DB show, what I thought we should do is have a little segment called Equipment Porn and uh, show you like some sexy cameras and just to talk about it. And today... I'm going to go into uh, the Canon XA35. So I'm going to try this and see how this works. The Canon XA35. It's a really good for run-and-gun event coverage, corporate videos, and other applications that require a compact, broadcast-quality camera. And to fit into your workflow, the camcorder captures up to 1920 by 1080 while also offering slow and fast motion recording modes. An HD, SD, SDI output. I mean, look at the quality of that, okay? So an HD, SD, SDI output terminal allows the XA35 to connect to professional video equipment. The extending eye scope is great for comfort. <laughs> the 3.5-inch LED display is cool, too. You can also detach the top, and it houses two XLR inputs with phantom power for connecting external microphones. Look how sexy this thing is. Dual card slots are built into the camera, allowing you varied recording options. Wi-Fi, you can do, you know, connect this thing to your smartphone and it allows convenient transfers to a laptop. Very, very sexy. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> that offended you. All right, let's do what we do best here on the DV show, and that's take listener questions related to digital video. And I think we have one more here from a listener, an email. Wesley asks, I have experience in editing cultural television shows with interviews and documentaries. I was recently asked to cut a 15-minute scripted film. I have no idea of how much time scripted film editing would take. How long is the bare minimum? Is there a way I can estimate the time I will need? What should I take into account in that kind of production? Great question. I love it. Love it. Now, Wesley, there's no industry standard with this stuff. There are way too many variables for an easy answer, okay? It all depends on the complexity of your project, the amount of editing of both music and video. You know, there's so many things that can happen, the type of effects you're going to be using, not to mention the type of machine you're working on and your level of perfectionism. I know a lot of people who are just perfectionists and do not get the job done. It's pretty much that simple. Uh, for a one-hour program, uh, uh, for one-hour program, let's put it this way. I'm just going to think about this for a second. Uh, actually, in the old days, okay, there was a rule of thumb. Uh, it was one hour of editing per one minute finished. And sometimes in news and sports, it's 15 to 20 minutes of editing for two to five minutes of finished video. And for a one-hour program, which is actually only around 43 minutes of program content and 17 minutes of commercials, I've actually seen uh, editing schedules that last anywhere from 9 to 15 weeks long, which is pretty crazy stuff. So, uh, I mean, if you're going to most cable reality shows, sometimes they send the cuts to a network and there's other people that work on it. So uh, let's do this for a second, okay? Let's, let's do some math. I want to I do some math here on what you should actually do. If you know your client and you know what kind of footage you have and what the project scope is, then estimate the hours it will take you. Calculate your rate based upon your actual labor costs and add the factors you always take into account. So you have overhead, you have profit, and cost of materials and come up with a price. Okay, so here's a little math for you. So let's say you have, uh, let's say you, you say this thing's going to take about 100 hours times you charge like $50 an hour. So that's $5,000 profit plus the overhead, which is what we talked about, plus the cost of materials. Like you have gaffer's tape, stock music subscriptions, batteries, your, you know, whatever. And that's your minimum selling price. Okay, You give the client that price, perhaps broken down into different milestones as a logical percentage of the whole, but not the number of hours. So you're calculating this in the back of your head. So if that scope changes beyond what is in your statement of work, you can have a clause in your contract about charging more. So let's say uh, 5% increments per mutual agreement. So for example, you deliver the final DVD and the client says, as always, can you put this up on YouTube for me? Can you put this up on, uh, on Twitter or Facebook or something? I, I need you to do that. Can you make me some files to play on my iPad? Now, that's not going to be in your contract. So you can come back and you can say, yeah, sure, I'll do that. But that was on my, uh, that, that's not in the contract. So I'll charge you 5% of that agreed upon amount to do that for you. And so whatever. So once you get into hourly charges, uh, think about what a plumber does. Okay, we put this on our website and we get some response to it. You, he wants to install a garbage disposal. It's uh, likely to never take more than two hours. If the plumber told you it would take about two hours, then due to the odd configuration of your kitchen sink and limited space under the counter, it took 11 hours. You'd be upset and likely fight the chargers. But rather, if your plumber said, I'm a great plumber 
and I will install the disposal for $500 no matter how long it takes. Uh, hopefully he kind of did the inspection before he does that number. Uh, so he comes up with a price, and it pleases both of you, and you likely know that your sink, if oddly configured, and might take extra work, so you know that plumber's hourly rate posted on his website, you agree that the fixed price may actually be cheaper, but that it's more than the price quoted at a Home Depot or something for the same job. Now, I put the plumber into perspective there, but you should be doing the same. So go in, see what the job's all about, tell them right off the bat how much you are an hour, how, much you are an hour, how many hours it's going to take, plus your profit. Your overhead, which is what we talked about, and your cost of materials, add it all up, tell them about it, and then put a, a clause in the contract there that says, hey, if I'm going to be doing extra work, I'm going to charge you 5% five more, 5% more uh, than we agreed upon to do for you whatever. So if you want your video up on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, if you want additional copies, it's going to cost you extra. So you, you kind of go in knowing what you're charged, you're being charged, and the client knows what you're, they're being charged, and you know what they're, so everybody's on the right page. You get what I mean. So <laughs> just, uh, you know, keep it at, uh, keep it, keep the communication open so nobody gets a surprise, including yourself and them. All right, we're broadcasting live here on the dvshow.com. We've been doing this for 26 minutes now, and uh, we usually did a 30-minute show, and we're going to cut it off right here. We usually had the producer's huddle afterwards where we took people uh, and answered their questions live, but we're not going to do that because this is our first one out of the gate. Hopefully, the information was uh, uh, helpful to you because, to be quite frank, uh, it's kind of hard coming back on the air again. It's kind of hard coming back and talking and, and answering listener questions related to digital video, but we have a lot of fun doing it. We have a lot of fun with you guys, and um, we'll be back for more on the DV Show. You can check us out at thedvshow.com forward slash live. That's where we come in live. It's where you can always participate. Come in the chat room, talk to us, or just, uh, you know, watch and learn on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. That's where you no comments come about. But anyway, that does it for this show. Visit us on the web at thedvshow.com and uh, ask your question there. In the meantime, we'll check you out later. We'll actually see you later. <laughs>